0: Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. Uh, In this next uh, several segment series, we're actually going to be going through what we refer to as our education system. Uh, Again, there's going to be a lot of different portions between onboarding and performance and mentorship, uh, but here we go. Welcome to the podcast. I got to just give uh, a quick little uh, segue here on Ben credit for the music choice at the beginning of each podcast. Uh, <laughs> when I was down at uh, Michigan State this last time, multiple people, had, uh, Eric, uh, some of our other listeners love it. It's perfectly fit. I, you
1: and know, uh, thank you.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel also, like, you're welcome. Yeah, right. Because and so, and like, the last couple times like, oh, I think we need to change the music. I'm like, it's on point, man. <laughs> it's good it's good it's not really edm it's kind of you know it's just it's
1: almost as good as john cena's intro music it is almost almost yeah that's the pinnacle (laughs) right
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) yes so all right so here we go um again another kind of intro segue type uh podcast yeah um and i think you know not to do like an entire recap because, you know, we kind of did that at the groundbreaking Mm -hmm. um, uh, last week. Um, But, you know, for us to kind of move around our industry overview, um, you know, what we really focused on for seven segments, I think. So seven or eight hours of content was essentially core values. Right. Um, You know, and and I think with the materials we have online, um, you know, I think it it should be relatively clear if we have people who go through it enough times to really grasp the concepts that are there between Mm -hmm. the paper and the podcast. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, if we look at our industry overview um, again, you guys uh, are should be aware that it's on um, PaulHealth.net/podcast. Uh, the industry overview. One of the things that core values touched upon was both um, of our problems. It touched upon culture and talent, and one of the big issues within the talent category was this loss of self-worth. So when we start to look at those issues within this loss of self-worth, to be between a deteriorating skill set, um, most clinics and university settings uh, be set in hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Of course, then the debt-to-income ratio that does really weigh on people to have debt load, not all, but some. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where then we sort of moved over into saying this mentorship category, um, which again, now we're kind of repurposing quote unquote mentorship into what we're now calling the education system. Mm -hmm. Um, (coughs) Because our education system in of itself um, focuses upon know how do we recruit people mm-hmm. how do we onboard them how do we maintain their performance um, and more importantly how are we doing that at the level of an employee and how are we doing that at the level of a student right um, and, and all of those things then we kind of lumped into the education system you know specifically to say we have a lot of stuff to teach
1: yes in the the learning there's never an end of the opportunity to learn no. either so when you think about it like when you when you graduate mm-hmm. some people would would oh, take sure. that as like the period at the end of the sentence where it's like <laughs> yes. no that's just the comma or semicolon yes. or whatever you want it to be yes, and yes. and for us uh no, the, the, the the deliberate effort that was put into the actual the, men- the mentorship and then ultimately the performance system is all about just how do we continue to grow yeah. how do we continue to improve how do we continue to the word that we use is advanced Advance, right yeah um yeah. so that's that's it's how do we and then how do we get to that point also yeah. so we've got uh the multiple tiers that are within this system that are very deliberate as a means to continue to actually enforce education, but then also continue it forward. Yeah.
0: And I think having this as being now again, between the education system and then of course our core values packet, those are the first two main sections of our employee reference text.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of funny that uh, the the 1.1 actually (laughs) came about, in the midst of <laughs> all of our core value podcasts, yes, and it actually moved ahead, yes, because I believe in one of our first ones is like section one is it's all its own section yes. because of how important it is. Well, this yes. is also just as important yeah. that we've yeah. learned over the last however many weeks, yeah, yeah, and that and that should I
0: mean for you know not necessarily long time listeners, but you know uh, for our employees, I mean that used to be what section one w- was. It was mm-hmm. just section one page one, right? It's just the page so important, it, you know, had its own section where it was yep. just like cult- it was just core values. But you're exactly right to <laughs> have us procedurally run through the podcast and be like, "You know what? We probably need to have better a better instituted system, mm-hmm. um, which, again, we had these processes in place. I feel like they were just less clear. Yeah. Yep. We knew about them administratively on the leadership team. I wouldn't say that we have invented any new process in the last several months, but no. it was the clarity that we were providing both to support staff, um, but also to um, those individuals to whom we're attempting to recruit. Um, yep. So, um, yep. It's
1: all about clarity because yeah, clarity. Um, yep. it, it, as, as fun as it is to sell an idea that's in your head, <laughs> it's a lot easier to sell an idea that you can put on a paper. Put on paper. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So yes. when you go to the career fair yes. and it's like, hey. Hey, I want you to come mentor at our clinic. Well, what does it include? Let me tell you about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Here's a yellow pad. Take some notes. Yes, right. It yes. <laughs> doesn't quite yes. work as well. Yes. So, yeah, this yeah. is this has existed for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. In in all the way it from is. a very beginning state to now yeah. Of yeah. a very consistent effort for both. Yeah. uh Current students as well as uh, new staff. Yeah,
0: and that was um, uh, there's two students that uh, um, uh, Christina and Lauren through uh, Michigan State with whom we've been um, you know e- engaged in, in, in mentorship in some capacity for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, having gone back down to state here these last um, like a week and a half ago or whatever it was, um, it was actually really funny to that end when they had first come up to our organization. We I think were in operation for what a year and a half. Because if they're 2020 grads, i mm-hmm. think 2016, 2017, somewhere yep. in there. Um, early. Early. Early in sort of. And it's like, hey, I have all of these wild ideas. And we threw so much stuff at them for oh, yeah. what now we identify as being a um, tier one mentee. Yeah. But to like have the amount of information we unloaded, it was actually really fun to then come back now, um, you know, as they're getting into the end of their education. Uh, in the university, not mm-hmm. the end of their education as a profession mm-hmm. or career, um, for them to then I then say, "Hey, look at these things I have now." They're like, "Wow, you've come a long <laughs> way," you know. And I'm like, "I don't sound so crazy now, right?" You know, right. And, and that, that's the other thing. When the ideas are in your head, it's crazy. When the ideas are on paper, it's process. <laughs> you know, it's is that like how that works. This is how that. I need works. to write more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's the exact point. Is having actual materials in hand, um, and I think to go along with our effort of building leaders, right? Yeah. So you need to have materials in hand where, you know, core the core value section is nice because it kind of talks about like, um, you know, conceptually what we're here for, serving the patient, Core, you know, the core value, the trust, respect, unity, accountability. Um, but to then, you know, say we do in that core value section have some tools on how to institute those things, mm-hmm. um, but really a lot of those tools that are in that section are just a little bit in hindsight you know as you have to have had some failure of process initially Mm -hmm. so that's why with this it's hard to put these two sections in sort of like chronologic order with one another yeah Um, because for us the core value discussion was more on okay as we start to fail core value here's what you do Um, but this education system is basically saying How are you getting people? How are you training them? How are you maintaining their performance? Because as we said before, the accountability portion of core values, we want that to be a guide for the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily want that to be something where we have to just scream core values at you every single time you work. (laughs) It should be like in your head, this is how I function, this is what we do, this is what we're here for. Um, And then when we fail on that, here's a little system that's gonna help us regain that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the education system, um, again, I don't want to say is... Um, exclusively administration I think it's heavily geared in administration Mm -hmm. Um, but again like you said having it in writing the clarity portion to it is how um, at least ideally we would have employees track their own performance
1: and that's kind of the the big piece behind the actual writing of it was the tracking of individual performance from an education perspective Um, but when you talk about like how this coincides with the culture and like it's not something that we're just going to beat into people's heads yeah the to me the the difference is you have the the cultural element because what it does is it, it is it creates um a way of thinking and a language um that it just makes communication about this this culture piece very very tangible yeah. and easy for everyone to start to speak the same language yeah. um, and then how that correlates in with this kind of goes in with the idea of like a tier zero yeah of of, of onboarding because Everyone that walks in the door is a potential employee. Yeah. We don't know their experience, whatever it might be. We never assume anything, really. Anyone is, yeah. So with that, when you... Like let's say you're in the middle of a consultation as as Doctor Riolo, right? Yeah. Like you're it, the way that you communicate actually embodies the culture because it's about building trust. It's about respecting the individual. Yeah. It's about creating a unified patient care team, right. and then being accountable to one another as well. Yeah. So and all again, we're all there for the same reason. Right. So you don't you don't specifically use those words. You're not pointing at them at the wall, and you're not like driving it home. Like you yeah. have to be accountable to your patient or whatever it yeah. might be. It's just the way in which you speak, yeah. And and from an onboarding's perspective, I, I've done multiple interviews where it's like, yeah, I wanted to work here because I was here as a caregiver, yeah. and I and like I saw what was happening and I understood the process. Like I didn't know exactly how it was working, but I really yeah. appreciated what it was sure, and it was sure. communicated very very well. Interesting. So from a, a tier zeros perspective, it's like okay. So then you just treat every caregiver as if you're essentially onboarding them onto the team yeah. because we
0: kind of are. Yeah, that's why they have their name right you know caregivers aren't owners they're not pet parents it's not you know kind of these other coin terms which kind of mandate you function within one particular aspect of the bond spectrum mm-hmm. you're exactly right is that if we have this toppled hierarchy and everyone is treated as equals we are onboarding these mm-hmm. traditional owners or pet parents basically we're onboarding them as being patient caregivers
1: right I mean in terms of like actual performance management that's pretty difficult to yeah do. <laughs> sure. and I mean you know there's not necessarily a place for it but yeah it, it's all about you know we're now a part of a patient care team together yeah, yeah. this is yeah. what we can do for you and what you can expect from us but also vice versa yeah, yeah. we're gonna yeah. send you home with metaclopramide yeah. and this is how you administer sure. it so I'm gonna yeah. educate you to the point yeah. where you can be a, a functional member of the patient care team yeah yeah so that, that that's like that tier zero idea that I, I always just have in the back of my head. Again, it's a big part of the way that uh, the both, marketing background helps. With the that. marketing <laughs> background does help that a lot. Um, yeah, categorizes individuals. It's the, and it's always, you know, for me, it, it, there's, there's definitely the recruitment side, but there's also just the growth perspective where like, I'm a big believer in, like, brand tribes, you know, the the way that Apple survives uh, in in that, like, if you can really get them to be a part of your team, a part of your tribe, they're never going to go anywhere else. So that's why, to me, creating a unified team from a marketing perspective is also extremely beneficial, Um, not because you're just you know, it, it's, and it's, and it's genuine too. I guess yeah. it's another way to put it because yeah. there might be some caregivers out in the world that are listening to this. Like, well, you're just buying that, yeah. like this, this, yeah. this, this idea. It's like, yeah. no, I'm yeah. earning it. Yeah. Is a, and if it ever does go away, like I want to know about it too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, aside from the actual caregiver acquisition, a big part of the education system is actually about recruitment and uh, yeah. growing the team. Yeah. So, from getting into what is tier one again, is just that onboarding more specifically like post interview post decision has been made. So there's a little bit of a gap in there and we do have some very, uh, uh critical elements that go into hiring decisions and, 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 and actually that's pretty much it because we get from the point of application to acceptance of offer. And there are some things, the biggest, uh, one that's in there that, um, is outside of a resume is the use of our core assessment, yeah. which we, we'll dive into a little bit more because be that's going to be its own, own day be next week. Um, yeah, the easiest, the, the easiest way to preview that is psychometric data. Mm. There's a lot of uh, different forms of that out in the world. Uh, but this one is a little bit uh, softer and easier to use from a team-based perspective. But again, I, I, that's where I came from. I could talk about that for probably the next eight hours and really bore everyone. So yeah. we're just going to put a pin in that one for yeah. the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think
0: that's like you said, going from kind of this traditional tier zero, like everyone has the opportunity to be part of your team, mm-hmm. but when it's actually coming into like the true employment side of things, it's, right. you know, I don't know that necessarily that we use, um, tricors as a means to, filter people on whether or not they become an employee no. um but it's no. more so as like making that transition from tier 0 to tier 1 is utilizing the tricore assessment provides us context to the conversation either during the interview process or during the onboard. Mm -hmm. but more importantly because tricor focuses heavily on um, interactions and motivators and so on and so forth it also helps as we start to get into the unnecessary interpersonal conflict Mm -hmm. so when there are cultural differences between individuals and that then leads to again the two biggest problems in our profession is unnecessary conflict and inefficient process Mm -hmm. is that it it does give that context again like you said we'll, We'll talk more about the at a later time. But again, that's I think one of the quote unquote flavors of our education system is yep. our tricore assessment um, allows. Indiv- it's, it's that individuality component,
1: right? We're not looking for a specific individual. Yes. We're not screening yeah. people yeah, because of behavioral tendencies. Yes. We don't. We <laughs> actually don't want that. Yeah, right. Like yeah, I, look, don't want the I look. I look at the data and say, how is this person different from our team, and how does that make us better? Yes. Right? Or yes. how are they similar, and how does that continue to yeah. edify process? Like it's all, it's tendencies and yeah, like you yeah. can already kind of tell that this is going to be a bigger conversation. Yes, yes. Yeah, which yeah,
0: which again, yeah, we, we sh- definitely will elaborate upon. The short
1: form of it is there is no right or wrong person based on those individual data points. Correct. It's about how do they use them? How well are yeah. they aware of them? And yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: because it is a big thing. We'll probably run through one of our tricores, yeah. maybe mine or Katie's or yeah, I guess even potentially kind of like we had done in the beginning is run Katie and I side by side, yeah, you know, and just yeah. talk about those. Main we can just make fun of you the whole time. The whole time, yeah, that'd be fantastic. I can't 100% wait. One hundred percent mocking. Wait. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> you know. Again, we talked about you know, sort of the the black and white and the flavor. Yes. Um, you know, I think we had kind of talked about the coloring book and the crayons. Yep. You know, is there's there's you know, everyone kind of has in some capacity the same picture, but you kind of color things differently. Yep. Um, I think that's when we kind of get into this onboarding performance and mentorship system. Uh, what we've kind of done is. The the guide for onboarding performance and mentorship is, again, one governing principle is that there's two jobs in our in our business, and our profession. One mm-hmm. is going to be your actual role description. So I'm a vet, I'm a, I'm a tech, or veterinary yep. nurse, actually. Veterinary nurse just passed at Michigan State. So veterinary nurse uh, to medical support staff, to caregiver support staff, that's your job. Mm-hmm. The other side is going to be then the cultural component, um, yep. integration, and, and those types of things, uh, working well as a team. So when we kind of say the coloring book and the color is that's really more like job and culture is really what it boils, Mm -hmm. you know, at least in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is uh, you know, kind of jumping into um what we have as our education system is we kind of talk about our skills rubric, we kind of talk about our skills, I'm sorry, our our interest list. Mm -hmm. And what that does is is it provides context as we go through those tiers. Yes. Um so with with that in saying that, you know, um, you know, when we look at sort of this mentor to mentee relationship, we look at the employer to the employee relationship, um, it's important to understand that because we're all here to learn collectively is that we have to have a communication. Like you said, this all kind of works on communication. We have to sort of this bi-directional communication method that allows us to sort of maintain that positive clinic culture and the success of the individual. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your job role or your cultural role, as we go through onboarding performance and mentorship, it's pretty much the same concept as core values. You want core values to be a a guide for the decision-making process, it's the same side on the education system from a performance standpoint, is that you should be able to have these internal mechanisms Allowing you to assess your own performance mm-hmm. So you know how you are doing in your job, right. And whether or not you have opportunities for growth mm-hmm. And that is a significant difference in review structure as I've Experienced in any other job that I've had is it's always administration saying, you know, this is what you need to do better These are all opportunities for learning and growth. Yeah, so we're trying to be more systematic and saying okay, If this is a bi-directional process and you see something ground floor that is a unnecessary conflict or inefficient process mm-hmm. you need to be able to feel and have trust and have unity within the team to bring that forward right. and saying we have a way to make things better mm-hmm. so I think a day-to-day self-assessment but also a day-to-day administrative and process assessment yeah as soon as we stop that then we start to assume that our performance reviews are exclusively for how you know just to tell the employee that they just need to constantly do better it's gonna fail is mm-hmm. it's just opportunities for growth.
1: Yeah, from my from my experience, um, thankfully I n- haven't had to go through too many performance reviews myself that are, <laughs> were garbage. Um, yeah. But I've been exposed to them from a consultative basis. Yes, so you have
0: consulted with employers who have had garbage performance. Yes, or, yes. yes. And
1: it, and the funny part was none of them like were doing something so terribly wrong. They just yeah. never found the value in it, and yes. so therefore didn't put a whole lot of time into yes. it because yes. what it turned into was just the annual reprimand. Yeah. Exactly. How have you sucked for the last year? 364 days. That you never knew about. (laughs) That you never knew about. That doesn't work. Yes. So from the the skills rubric perspective, yes. that's the you know the the easiest way that I can describe that is that is essentially the long form job description of yeah. how do you succeed here. That's the coloring book. It's the, the, black, the and it's black and white lines. It's black and white. Yes. Yep,
0: this is this is basically that objective
1: book. So the, so a lot of the times when I would work with clients on those types of projects, it was like, "Well, what is their actual job description? What does their performance review look like?" They don't have either of those. No. Oh, yeah. so, so you expect them to know how to succeed greatly Right. Without ever providing them the lines to fill in, Correct. like that doesn't work. Yeah. you're just assuming that they're on the same page as you, and they yeah. they might be just way out in left field. Yeah. but believe fully. Yeah, that, that they are performing. being very productive. Yeah, right. A- and yeah. that's that is to me that's just a, not not a veterinary world problem. That is a that is just a, a universal, a universal yeah. issue mm-hmm. that uh, which, is which, directly attacked. Yes, right. Yes, yes. Which
0: again, it's it's a universal business problem, which means. there's a universal business solution. Exactly, exactly.
1: So yeah, so what we did within that skills rubric is said, okay, we have our four primary roles. Yep. Caregiver, support staff, medical support staff, certified veterinary technician, or veterinary nurse. Yep, now, veterinary nurse, um, yeah. that's going to be a tough one for me to integrate in yeah, my language. Yeah, so yeah, I apologize yeah. in
0: advance. Role to state dependent. Yes, yes. Veterinary yeah. nurses and just then picked up headway.
1: But your yeah. doctor as well. So our our four c- critical uh, clinic roles. Yep. And okay, what are all of our key success points within all of these? And how can you as an individual be given essentially a four page document yeah. saying I am good or not good at all of these things that are yeah. critical to my success within this role? Yeah. yeah. And rather than you walk into a clinic and I throw you on the phone yeah. and say, All right. Do a good job. Do a good job. Right. Like <laughs> make sure they all know yeah. what to expect and don't screw up. Yeah. Like what how? Yes you just do like right. no that doesn't work yeah so yeah. that it's, that was it's the
0: completely big you know and i mean think of how most people move into management right so mm-hmm. you've been doing the job for 10 15 20 years you're really good at it so you're a manager now of that role Right and it's like you know, you went through all of the hardship, right? So you made mistakes. You had, you know, people upset, or you had, you know, in our circumstance, it would be uh, patient compromise, or mm-hmm. you know, you've gone through all of those, which is traditionally "quote unquote" practice. I mean, that's why they call it practice practice. Um, <laughs> but the uh, coming into then saying, well, you have all of this experience over these number of years. How dare you go to a new employee with the expectation that they should have the same clarity on job performance and, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Role performance um, that you do with all of this experience when there isn't an actual teaching system in place to show them everything you know right you know and that's I think what this sort of like you said what it birthed from is having enough bad performance reviews um, not necessarily on number I mean I think Personally, I always rated relatively high, but the utility. Right. right poor yeah, utility.
1: Just no function to it yeah, really at yeah, all. It was just, it was just yeah. hey, good job, or hey, there's like the two things that you could probably do better at, but right. I'm not going to provide you an yeah. understanding of how. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, think about honestly um, having done... Poor performance reviews. Mm -hmm. I think that's when, again, like you said, when as employees you get blindsided and it's like, you know, it's kind of the finger pointing game, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, well, you're not doing well. Well, you never told me to do better. Well, you should know I wasn't trained you should that and it's you know so we're back into again from our core value standpoint we're kind of into that unaccountability ladder where it's blaming excuses on the administrative side and on the employee side right um which then ultimately uh gets us nowhere so yeah (laughs) so for us to then pull into a solution and the implementation of said solution the skills rubric um is is a significant tool right. uh, to maintain clarity right. <coughs> as we go through onboarding, basic training, the growth plan and professional advancement.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that, uh, the, the crayons, if yes. you will, yes, yes, is, is that interest <laughs> list. So this was, uh, uh, sourced out of the idea that our, our, our mentee doctors for the most part are going to come into our clinic with, for, uh, a, a set period of time, and be be exposed to parts of the industry that they are essentially interested in. Yes. So for us, our four uh, primary interests Currently, are yeah. f- that. And yeah. Again, it's always it's, subject it, to expand. Yes. Yeah. Just is starting easy. Wellness, wellness, Urgent and Emergency, yeah. Surgical or we have five because surgical is a different one. Yep. Um, shelter, engagement. shelter engagement and then administrative. administrative. Yep. So it's already growing I <laughs> just know, right? as I'm talking. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So all of those uh, provided the color for the... The, 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 the skills rubric. The, the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But most specifically within our doctors. However, there is also room for interests. maybe less so because the education system doesn't necessarily require it as much. But um, for our technology. Technicians, medical support staff, and uh, caregiver support staff. There, there is the opportunity to expose, uh, to be exposed, I should say, to different segments of the industry yeah. within your role. Yeah. So it's how do you take your skills yeah. and how do you use them within this specific set? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it, it, it becomes more clear as we get out to the tier four portion yeah. of the education system, which is professional advancement. And basically the idea, like you said, with the interest list is you kind of cone down into one area of mm-hmm. interest. Um, but again, it's, it's making, it, in an indirect sort of way, we're cor- sort of encouraging employees to think about their long-term business goals, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people, especially within our profession, again, between unnecessary conflict and um, you know inefficient process, we mm-hmm. get so stuck in the day to day.
1: Yeah. So
0: when you're kind of stuck in this spinning the wheels, that's where we kind of talk about professional advancement. Is when you're in that uh, tier three to tier four category, and again, we'll talk about this here later, uh, potentially another podcast. We'll see. But um, is saying that um, you know, do you want to be the best at this one thing, or do you want to expand out? Do you want to mm-hmm. you know enter the industry and so on and so forth?
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, and th- the funny part about that is I actually jump right to that, like, right as soon as we start onboarding. Yeah. Uh, just as a preview. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yes. the idea is, hey, you have no idea what you, how to fulfill your skills rubric. Yeah. Like, square one. Yeah. Like, that's what we're here to teach you how yeah. to do. That's a part of this whole process. However... I want you to know that tier four is there. Correct. Because if that's something that's really gonna drive you, yeah. I'm not gonna hold it back. Yeah. Um, so for example, one of our caregiver sports staff has a master's in recreational management. Sure, yes. Right. So I look at her and say, okay. How do I use that in a tier four sense? How do I yeah. create that as a part of your advancement? And like, we still haven't come up with the answer. No, but I know yeah. it's there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know that I have yeah. a skill set that's available. I have a, another individual that's uh, got an undergrad in you know psychology and yeah. like, how do I use that? Yeah. How do I use these available skill sets? Um, and then provide them the understanding and the framework that it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you have this. Right. And I want you to be able to use it to, the, to its fullest extent. Yeah, yeah. And even the
0: latitude for, um, again, coming back to individual assessment and individual growth, you right. know, and just saying like... We're not going to have all the answers to everything, but if you come up with a pretty decent answer that combines those two interests right. that you have as an individual that, you know, we can serve both needs. Because remember, it's it's an equality between mentee, mentor, employer, employee. There's mm-hmm. kind of that equality to say, well, if there is a mutual benefit for both of us, by God, yeah, let's try. Right. I right. mean, that's, that's then the joke I used to make about how if um, I had a ground floor employee that came up with a great idea and it never m- made it through the proper channels to Mm -hmm. then, you know, essentially fixing process or improving process. It's like that was always the joke. Everyone between them and me would get fired. Um, But, the (laughs) you know, to to bleed through, though, into saying that there's a lot of good ideas that come from a lot of people. And uh, sometimes those ideas turn into solutions that turn into something that can be implemented. Not always, not always, um, but it's again. not
1: always the greatest solution or it's not implementable right now Correct. either. Yes. But you yeah. at least have the conversation. Time dependent implementation. Exactly. Sure. So uh, that's a little bit of like the, the understanding of those two pieces. Yeah. Now, within those two pieces, those all uh, jump into all four of our tears yes yes um so it, tears spelled with an i and an e uh, yes ah, sure <laughs> that was a bad yeah. dad
0: joke that was a good <sighs> one it took me a second um, um, tier yeah, one, yeah, and actually, not to completely yeah. interrupt, go ahead. Um, but as we go through um, mm-hmm. these individual tiers, well, like I said, the skills rubric and interest list sort of plays, um, you know, sort of sort of one of the chords of the mentorship and onboarding system, the education system mm-hmm. um, is. We also then run these side by side with employees and mentees. Yes. So the reason why we kind of picked these four tiers was that we wanted to have a standardized process um, that allowed us to keep the same framework but applicable to the two main types of people who would be in our organization. Mm-hmm. Either we have people that are there shadowing interning or, you know, I'm sure uh, externing, um, you know, or, uh, you know, likewise. And then the other side is gonna be your employees. Yep. Um, so that's where as we go through this, you guys see there are actually two logos. Uh, one of them is kind of Paul holding in hands. Um, that's the onboarding and performance uh, logo. And then the uh, other one, of course, being the cap, uh, is going to be anything that applies to a student. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously mm-hmm. now, uh, as uh, Ben said, I've held him off long ah, enough. That's all right. Uh, jumping into uh, kind of the later portions of this um, uh, education packet, yes. uh, getting onto tier one.
1: So when I think about this, uh, starting with the employee side, Uh, in actually tiers one, two, and three. Uh, the way that I describe them to, especially to interviewees is that actually these are jumping off points. They're scheduled. If this is not a fit for you, uh, it's as much of a, a, of an assessment for us as a company as it is for you as an individual so that we can just basically come to terms with the fact that we're either not on the same page or that we are, and then we move forward whatever it's the fork in the road. Yeah. Um, excuse me. So within tier one, that's going to be... Oh boy, I got a frog. Yeah, I got
0: you. Uh, I, I, I can yeah, pick you. Yeah, go out. ahead. Yeah, yeah. You a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just f- coughs right into the mic. <laughs> um, so yeah, when we look at tier one, um, you know, basically what we traditionally refer to as our onboarding. Um, during the onboarding process, uh, basically people work directly with our senior accountability officer, of course, in our organization, which is Annie, mm-hmm. um, but may also kind of choose to pair the individual with a senior senior staff member. Mm-hmm. But as you said, this is kind of a timed process and the time is a little bit different between employees and a little bit different between students Um, but the breakdown from an onboarding standpoint is operational cultural and
1: role right So, yeah, operational is basically how does this whole thing work (laughs) is the big ideas. Yeah,
0: yeah, big ideas and uh, the uh, kind of logistics of uh, sort of like the the black and white part of the job where it's, okay, here's the computer systems, practice management software, process between coming in, you know, patients coming in and going. So it's, again, kind of these really uh, more process or procedural type operations.
1: Triage. Yeah,
0: triage, yes. Understanding.
1: the idea of that patient separation, like all of the big things that we've put a lot of process to. Yeah,
0: which is, uh, you know, and I think we'll probably talk about this more uh, in later podcasts as we get down to sort of our, um, you know, sort of process component of our industry overview as far as, yeah, all of those individual operations that set us different. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, there's a whole hexagon on our industry overview that is just operations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just that one point, it's it's very intense. Um, but that being said, we have no expectation that in the onboarding period, um, employees or mentees are going to completely understand uh, operations. No. It's like this, this is, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, I, I use this one a lot. So you graduate school or you come in, you have the Lego mat, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then it's our job to build the Lego pieces on the Lego mat into the Lego city. Um, operational onboarding are like, this is how many red blocks you have. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how many long whites, you know, so yeah. it's like um, and just yep. saying these are the pieces and we're going to help you kind of put them together. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, coming into cultural onboarding.
1: Right. That's yeah. So that's going to be the, the the just the direct exposure to all the stuff that we've been talking about for yeah, the last <laughs> however many yeah, months se- right <laughs>
0: yes the seven cultural podcasts yes. well, actually technically it'd be the first 13 because it would be industry overview and it would yeah. end up being cultural it was a lot it was a lot it was worth it but it was, it was a it. lot yeah
1: but yes it is it is again that uh that exposure to that starting at the industry overview yeah. providing the glimpse into what these problems are and how we uh, it's a multi yeah. uh, uh faced attack against all of them yeah. And then how, you know, our, our, our beginning of setting expectations on how yeah. they fit into this process. Yeah, uh, which
0: listeners should actually be very concerned that we put 13 episodes into the second point on onboarding. And there yes. are two bullet points. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a lot. <laughs> like, and it you know when I when I say they should be concerned because it's this this is what we're talking about. Just yeah. these one two little points were thirteen hours. That was abridged. Like we could have talked much longer yes. on any of those. Yes. Um, but again, coming into this cultural onboarding, the industry overview and culture and core values is massive. Massive. Um, so what we're now kind of doing, of course, with the tier one or through this tier system, is kind of playing a little bit with culture, playing with role. Mm-hmm. But then that's the third. Part to uh, tier one onboarding is role onboarding.
1: Yeah, so you you get the operational of like all of the big structures. You get the culture of how do you fulfill it well company wide. Mm. But then you dive into the actual what mechanisms of the role, right? Yeah. So how are you a part of this? How in how does how do you uh, succeed? Uh, from uh, from a glimpse perspective, yep. you know when you, when you look uh, down into the into the, whether it's employee or mentee, um, it, it, the staff is only forty hours. As much yeah. as that sounds like a lot uh, for just God, onboarding, no. oh that's not it's nothing. It's not a lot. No, I mean that's, no. that. So when you take these three parts, like you are getting just the. Like you're just like the yeah. 65 mile an hour drive by yeah, yeah. look at it.
0: Well, it was actually because of Lauren and Christina, a little bit, our um, mentees into saying that, you know, we threw so much at that yeah. as tier one, because again, we didn't really have a ton of structure at that time. Yep. Our goal with onboarding is to say, one, there's a, a, a massive storm in our profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's here are our solutions. Here's our process. Here's your piece that you're going to help us continue to move us out of that storm, out mm-hmm. of the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, it's it's just a glimpse. Yeah. It's just here's the work we collect it. We have to move those sandbags over there. Yeah. That's that's how we <laughs>
1: here's your helmet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I- Yes. It's about the only yes. way I can think yes. about that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then so, on the, yeah, the mentee side, yep. it's it's the first, uh, it's just exposure over a couple weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you're going to have your, your skills rubric side. So the, we're, we're giving them like, if you're going to fulfill this role, this more specifically role, uh, like here's how you do it well here's how it fits into our operation, here's what the cultural expectation is, and then also your interest list side as well. So we're giving them exposure to both sides over a couple weeks, but in terms of like w- workload expectations and something like no. that, it's actually zero. Yeah. It's literally, please just come here and see it. Yeah,
0: exa- yeah it, You're exactly workload zero. Yes. Yeah, we have no expectation in those things that you're going to be doing anything. No. Um, now again, you can. I'm not saying you can't help, but I mean the, the you know, well, can I help restrain? Can I help draw blood? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. Yep. But the yeah, the main takeaway is no, just just watch this yep. this machine is moving. Just yep. make sure you know we we see how it works. And I think we I've actually gotten some. Of our questions about tier one mentees um, is who are those people and it's it's honestly from a mentee standpoint it's high school students to Pre, uh, pre vet or pre tech uh, college students, undergraduates, mm-hmm. uh, veterinary uh, students. Uh, you know that that's kind of the idea. Then is people who are either looking to get into the industry, trying a career path through the industry. Um, and that's again, it, 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 we have the ability to serve both individuals um, in that tier.
1: And our natural advancement point, as it comes to specifically doctors within veterinary school, would probably be year two. You start to get into a tier two, roughly. Yeah. Uh, if depending, yeah. you know, depending on how your educational path is going, yeah. um, but it's it, yeah. This is everything before that, and then potentially continuing thereafter as well, depending on what level of exposure you've had. Yep. So, yeah. uh, but again, you you take this tier one, you take your first forty, you take your first zero to two first couple of weeks with an yep. MNT, yep. and and again, the way that I look at it is okay, I now understand this from at least a passersby perspective. Do I still fit in this? Right. Like, is this for me? <laughs> yes. Not necessarily the industry. Like, you may be in the right industry, especially if you're in school or whatever that may be, yep. but specifically the way that this uh, operation, yep. culture, and then your role, yep. like, you now understand this uh, much better than you did 40 hours ago. Yes, yes does it still fit with what you want to do? Does it, does it still feel like something that you could, uh, obtain success in? Yeah. Um, because if it is like, I, if, if I agree with that as, as the individual who is onboarding it, whoever it might be like, absolutely. Let's keep going. Right, like I, right. I'm, I'm, I don't want to have to pull you, yeah. and I don't want you to feel like you have to push me yeah. either. The we're equality, just, we're just gonna keep going. Yeah, uh, yep. that employer-employee,
0: mentor-mentee
1: equality. We yeah. have to, we, are, yep. At that, at this turning point, are mm-hmm. we ready to continue to do this together? Right, right. And and if the answer is no, I appreciate that answer Absolutely. just as much as if the answer yes. Absolutely. That that yeah. is almost even more valuable. Yeah. It's the it's the diagnostic that determines what's not wrong. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. And and the other thing too, like uh, as we we'll, we'll move past this here in a second, is that uh, from a from a my experience in the consultation world is it also provides us a very naive look into our process. Yeah. So sometimes the person that has zero exposure into it will see the thing that's actually not working better than any of yeah. us do. Yeah. And sometimes uh, and yeah. Yeah. It, it 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 at least provides us the opportunity for that to happen. Absolutely. And yeah. it also creates the dialogue more as, as very deliberately yeah. uh, to if that were to ever happen. Yep. So um, yeah, that that's kind of tier one. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just, hey, here's what it is. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then do you, do you want to, do, do you, you actually want to work here? Do you want to put this helmet on? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got
0: a ton of sandbags to move. Are you ready? Yes, you know? exactly. And that's, you know, I think even, even with that, um, you know, if I have the opportunity to engage, um, a colleague, uh, you know, whether it be through phone calls or whatever happens to be like, Hey, you know, I listen to the podcast. I'm really kind of interested in what you guys are doing. That is usually the beginning of the conversations mm-hmm. is just, you know, can you, and are you willing to push hard? Yeah. You know, because it, it, like you, I think you had said, uh, you know, several podcasts ago, like, you've never worked so hard in your entire life. No. And it's like, no. (laughs) you, You just, you don't. You don't see that You right. know what I mean Like, and, and, and that may be something Where it becomes more evident In tiers two and three As you get more and more Into the job Of how hard you're actually working But it's just a test Of the fact that mm-hmm. Again it comes back to We had 13 hours On just two points In our tier one training Right There's just a lot of stuff That needs to get done mm-hmm. um, Yeah
1: the, I actually started reading That uh, bullshit jobs book Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he, the, the big key the, the whole point of the job Is like Are we just filling out Hours to make it feel like we're actually worth our time because like most forty-hour jobs can probably be done in fifteen. Yeah, and for (laughs) me, it's like I don't know how I could get everything done in (laughs) forty. Right. (laughs) It's like if (laughs) I'm if I'm not pushing above and beyond that, like I'm going backwards. Yeah. So so this does provide that look into that, And, and and again, it also provides individuals on the other side that are being exposed to it, like. Do I want that? Yeah. Because that's way different than a lot of other places are going to be. And that's going to be difficult. It's going to be strenuous. It's going to be uh, tough. Yeah. But whew, yeah. when you uh, dropped the bomb of purpose and well being <laughs> on me the other day, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I snuck that one. Yeah, in. that yeah.
1: was just. Yeah. Uh, I'm still mad about it. Yeah, I know. And I they, for, yeah,
0: and I, I think uh, we had mentioned linking, or there's probably going to be an opportunity where we're going to have a video to share on the groundbreak because um, yeah. I think they're putting together a promo video for that. Yep. Um But yeah, that was part of the discussion that we had uh, at the groundbreak. Was that really we see the merging of two paths and it's yes. shared purpose. And shared well being, right. which of course then becomes, paw, PAW yeah. purpose, <laughs> and purpose and well being. It's yes. the
1: acronym we never knew existed, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's the perfect one. Yeah, like, but from a purpose yes. perspective, heavy on that, yeah. And then and then yeah. the other side, especially from a cultural onboarding perspective, displaying how yeah. we maintain yeah. well being as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah,
0: because we want we want to get to that point where, um, you know, we have individuals who are. Pulling fulfillment Mm -hmm. From a profession That they thought They were going to be fulfilled Yes And I think that's the big rug That gets pulled out From most of our feet When we initially start out I want to care for animals And you get into The veterinary profession It's just like you know rug pulled out it's like man this isn't as fulfilling as i thought it was going to be and now i have a considerable amount of debt load that is keeping me in an unfulfilling profession with no purpose right you know so this is then the deliberate portion you know like you said
1: as far as just going through process to regain both purpose and well-being exactly so you so you get to the 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 first decision making point and you say yep i'm ready to go forward here yeah okay now we get into basic training, yep. and we call that uh, basic training very, very specifically because there is yes. zero expectation that somebody is going to be uh, proficient at yeah. their at their role after yeah. forty hours or whatever it might no. be, or yep. or really even have like a deep understanding from a mentee's level of what this actually is. Yeah, they've got the passersby glance, yep. and now it's like, okay, now you have. Yeah, they this got the open house version of. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> now you have the opportunity over these, the, the next time frame, which for. Uh, they're both kind of ninety days yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to ask why? Yeah. The it's, next it's,
0: three months of just working, where the only expectation is that you're going to be learning process. Like mm-hmm. like you said, it just provides that that level of expectation where you're not going to be a star player in those first ninety days. We would like you to be obviously, mm-hmm. um, but you know, just show up show up with your shoes. Right. You
1: know. it, we we what we see is um, we don't really like to hire people on that have low potential yes but the first 40 provides us the gauge of like where actually is your potential yeah. here yeah. with no expectation that performs performance is going to be high yeah it's yep. just let me see this and understand that if you have this it can your performance can go up yep. we're just going to show you how to do it yeah um so yeah specifically within staff that's going to be your first 90 days of having somebody essentially on call for you all the time when you're on the on shift to how do I do this? Well, you know, why, why does this process exist the way that it does just to ask questions, yeah. uh, to, to, to learn the role very, very well. And then also to have somebody that's actually just kind of there also to maybe spot some of the things that yeah. you might not be doing all that well. Yeah. And
0: that we, that's why we kind of have those two things split up. We have universal training and we have role training, Yes, and it's really those two jobs in our organization. On one hand, the universal training is essentially like clinic process, clinic procedure, core values, mm-hmm. um, you know that side, and then the other one is then your role in that particular process itself. Yep. Um, and then it's all just support. So we've gotten we've gotten now to a point where we have um, at least a I think we have a, a four core member on every shift now. I uh, will have to double check, but it's so close. It's pretty close. So mm. at least to introduce um, our four core development team just a little bit. Um, so of course, we have four core values in our organization. Um, so we don't really like to say our senior staff, our veterans, our, you know, higher ups, because again, that has our no... tenure. Yeah, our tenure, right. That has no place in our organization, has no place in our profession. But what we do have is people who align very well with core values, who have accountability, who have proficiencies, who typically rank higher on their skill set. So these are, again, the people who just kind of know the no mm-hmm. um so our goal then in saying when we have new employees that are um in basic training and then of course moving forward as we get through tier three which is our growth plan um the idea then being is that there's at least some person on staff at all times who can kind of you know help get you off the ropes a little bit yeah um you know if your back is up against them
1: Yep. Yeah, so they, they know what's going on. They're also a big key to a successful implementation of yes. new process also.
0: True, true story. Yeah, that's where kind of the development. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, and, uh, th- and that has been at least in some capacity beneficial for us. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. I was just talking with um, uh, one of our uh, one of our associates, and uh, she, she works in a in a part time for us. Uh, and she's in a, a situation where her employer was bought by kind of a larger conglomerate, and uh, part of it then came down to they were trying to figure out a solution to one particular problem, uh, which is more of an industry wide problem, okay. and the expectation was that having being bought by a corporate entity. That they would be providing you insight into in, industrial solutions, um, and mm-hmm. essentially what it had come back to her and the other associates was, um, "What can you guys figure out? Because <laughs> we have the money, yeah. but we have no solutions. Yeah, can you can yeah. you get those solutions for us?" Now, yeah. again, I like that idea of seeking feedback from the staff, yeah. um, but I do think that there is a scope nature to that process and saying if we want so that's our four core development team when we're trying to look at more local solutions because again for us we're building leaders we're not building clinics we're building local influence it's like Mm -hmm. if you want more of that local perspective and saying well ground floor again what is happening in this business that is leading to this particular problem um, they are a really good think tank Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it it does provide, um, you know, again, a level of fulfillment, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for us to say you are valued in your position enough that the decisions made here today are going to influence how the entire organization runs, at least within this particular location.
1: Right. Yeah, that's uh that I I had a, a middle of a the thought there and now it's gone. So <laughs> we're it's just gone. gonna move Yeah, So tier two, yeah, big big focus on universal training. So the the big picture and then role training, kind of your part within it, and how do yeah. you start to excel within it? Yeah. So once we get to the end of that, that first three months, that's when we hit the point of um, essentially our our first, very first performance yeah. review process. because yeah. we're again we're gonna dive into the scale skills rubric side of here are the critical elements of your role as well as your fit within uh, all of the uh, operational and cultural pieces. Um, How have you been fulfilling them? And how can you do it better, right? Uh, No, at no point uh, during these first uh, 90 and and then continuing thereafter, do I believe that anything should ever be a surprise if you are uh, going poorly. Correct. Yeah. Uh, a, a performance review uh, should never be a point of firing. Uh, no. it, it, it's it's not impossible based yeah. on timing, yeah. but it 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 would have to be you know some some extended uh, circumstances that that would happen in my opinion. Whereas if yeah. something is that bad, like just. Yeah, just act.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, when we start to talk about accountability, right? Yes. So we want uh, ground floor at the moment, in the moment, accountability, um, ability to correct those issues. Again, our hope in uh, at least in performance is that the four core is helping in some capacity with, uh, you know, sort of maintaining accountability in the workplace. Mm mm-hmm. um, but for us to then say you know you get through those first 90 days and you have a performance review it is definitely a stop point where it's like you're, you had your first 40 hours oh my god this is amazing you get through the first 3 months and you're like oh my god i'm incredibly overwhelmed and i don't think i can do this or it's oh my god i'm incredibly overwhelmed i'm hooked yeah. you know you know where it's me. like yeah <laughs> where it's yeah exactly or <laughs> it's like i just want to keep doing this and that's again sort of what we talk about is the um, you know curse of the problem solver you yes. know it's, it's this there's a you know when if you have that knack where it's just i want to fix i want to fix i want to help i want to fix um you know but again coming at to that point we may then as the employer also say like you know we really did see again between potential and performance when you initially onboarded we saw an incredible amount of potential Mm -hmm. your potential is starting to wane your potential is not transferring over into performance yeah your performance reviews should not be a time in which employees uh, are fired, I think those that we have off-boarded in or following a performance review yeah. is almost exclusively beset in whether or not they are accountable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: Because it, it's a training mm-hmm. tool. It's just yes. it's a learning tool. It's an opportunity for growth. Right. And if it kicks back on, you know, unaccountable yeah. behavior, it's just like, well, shit, how are we supposed to be able to train you?
1: Right. Yeah, actually, we just had, uh, Annie and I just had one of those difficult conversations Couple of weeks ago, Three, yeah, two. um, and it was that was really what it was. Is it was like I, I'm I'm providing you this set of uh places where uh, expectations weren't met. Yes. What is the reaction to that? Yeah. Um. Because the the reaction is the opportunity for that individual to succeed. Yes. Uh, in yes. that, like. Uh, I, I guess what's the easiest way to put it? Basically, are you going to point back at me and yeah. say that it's my fault? Yeah. Or are you going to be like, are you just going to be receptive to the idea that like, yeah. yes, you were a part of this, like, oh, I didn't know that was a problem. How do I do better? Like yeah. how do you, how hard do you lean into the issue? Yeah. Um yeah. and and, and yeah. fortunately th- there was no lean no. Uh, in yeah. that specific conversation, yeah. but that's exactly what it is. Is like their performance review process provides that opportunity for yeah. you to see your ones and your twos yeah. or or whatever they might be yeah. and say I either agree with you or I disagree with you, which so we have our self-assessment process as well. So there's the cross-examination. And then there's also the opportunity for those conversations of like, I, maybe I do agree with you like hey I suck at this like right. I, let's put it into a growth plan let's figure out how I can yeah. get better at this like you lean into the problem yeah, yeah. or if you were a, if you thought you were a full four or five and you get a two how do you respond to that yeah how do you take that criticism uh that that it, you know you've been provided coaching on yeah. and you feel like you're implementing well but there's just a natural disagreement there yeah, yeah. and from uh from our perspective that's kind of what you're uh, what you were sta- stating there. Is like just just lean into it, yeah, like a, yeah. a, acknowledge the fact that yeah. if you're willing to receive the uh, the the growth that's being provided, yeah. Um, and it, there's no end to the potential success that you're going to have because if you have a glaring deficiency in one area but you lean into it it's either going to be here's the it's you just jump right to solutions yeah exactly yeah that's all you do so is the solution we uh figure out how you get better at it or is the solution we figure out how to get it off your plate yes like oh
0: correct correct but but
1: you but you wanted it right like, just show me the desire show me the initiative be yeah. accountable to the fact that yeah. you were not very good at it if you lean back and say well you didn't actually tell me how to do that right. or this person is the reason why I actually suck at that yeah. or what I, or I'm not that you know just yeah. defensive whatever it might yeah. be. That's when it gets to be a hard conversation. Yeah. That's when it's like, do you actually fit culturally? Are you fulfilling all four of these? Do you realize that the way that you're behaving is actually detracting directly away from them? Because (laughs) you might have some very, very bad habits that are very instilled in you, and you don't actually hear what you're saying.
0: Yeah. So then- Yes,
1: yes, yes. So again, then you provide the context of what you just said, you might not hear the fault in, and you may have the best uh, of- uh, intentions in saying it correct. however the result specifically as it relates to what you just said it, this is why it's a negative correct like yeah. i'm providing you a learning opportunity and again do you lean into it or do you just say oh, I'm, I'm yeah meh. go on your heels yeah what do you want yeah
0: and that, that's again you know jumping right from tier two to tier three that's again talking about that process and saying when we go through one of these performance reviews again jumping into tier three it's twice a year So you you get one at the end of your 90 days, but then you jump right into what is our fall verbal review and our spring written review. So it's like if you come in damn close to fall, yeah, you might have two reviewers pretty close to one another. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, if you come in in the summer, you kind of have these split up. But Mm -hmm. it's exactly that is that, you know, especially uh, with the individual to whom you're uh, referring This was someone over several years where um, it actually was a little bit of a conundrum uh, because we had a a high potential, high performance employee who was actually very accountable in early portions of employment, which then we saw a systematic decline in over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what we probably failed, and I mean, I'll take the onus on this, is what we failed to identify early on is that we were putting in more work as the employer than this individual was putting in as the employee, Mm -hmm. meaning we we failed one of our core mechanisms to say we have to be two equal halves to this pie. Yeah. But as we started to take on more and they were taking on less, not to say necessarily we were quote unquote getting away with it, Mm -hmm. but we had um, weekly to every other week meetings basically Mm -hmm. saying, okay, um, while you're sort of failing at this one particular part, let's just, Key, you know, we'll take time out of our day administratively because we want to see you succeed so you are clearer on what your responsibilities are mm-hmm. um, for which you had applied and you saw interest in initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we then start to see, so when we kind of talk about um, the different jobs in our organization, is we have, of course, you know, the, the role, the main job you're hired for, but we have these add-on roles too. So it's like, okay, I'm here as a veterinary nurse, but I'm going to do inventory. Here's a veterinary nurse. I'm going to do, uh, you know, accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the thing for us is this is just a plug and play of the Lego block. Okay. Well, I'm currently holding all the Lego blocks. Can you, you want, I'm, okay. Who, who wants to hold this block for me? <laughs> right. Who wants this one? Right. right? Someone's like, I'm going to take it. It's like, I'm going to put it on your sort of, uh, Lego city over there. And time may go on where you're just like, well, I'm trying to build a whole pink city and your blue piece doesn't really match. Okay. Give it back. You know, so if it doesn't really work for you to have that role, and I think what ultimately ends up happening is if someone takes on a role and then they lose a role, they feel as if there's failure. Yeah. And for us, I don't think failure necessarily has a place. I honestly think it's the same thing like in the first 40 days, you Mm -hmm. know, where it's like, hey, you saw something. You mm-hmm. tried it out. You're kind of like, doesn't really fit for me. Okay, perfect. Let's move on to the next thing. Right. You know, we look at, again, kind of making the the joke that is our profession is that when you have your, we fail twice administratively when you have your highest performing technician or nurse. And then it's like, hey, you're really good at your job. You want to be the office manager now? And it's like, I have so many good things in the tech world. And then I have nothing to do in the managerial world. But, you know, it's an opportunity for what? pay raise right because we know historically most nurses and you know they're paid very poorly in our profession Mm -hmm. with minimal benefits so of course i'm going to take on this additional responsibility but we fail twice because we just took our best performing uh, employee we put them into a position where now they are and have a high potential for failure it's then to say okay i'm going to take that management responsibility back from you and now you're going to go back to being a tech how does that work culturally in your organization You know, how does it work? Is that person allowed to fail? And right. I think that comes into the vulnerability mm-hmm. uh, of the workplace and saying, no, it's fine to fail. Like, I honestly, d- can I express to you how little I care who actually does inventory? I just want inventory managed and I don't want to have to do it constantly for the rest right. of my life. Right. If you want to try it and you don't like it, give it back. I'll find someone else. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, it's fine. not more complicated than that.
1: Right. Just understand what your role is and how it fits into the big system. Yes and just kind you kind of do go back to your your tier two level kind of at that point where it's yeah. like a it's like a re-establishment yeah. of your role re yeah. like a retraining type yeah. period where it's like yeah we did have a little bit of a mix in here you yeah. were you were you were adding blocks and it's kind of taken some away too yeah. Yeah. uh but yeah it's just a re-establishment yeah. of that see i i would i would agree um and, and it was a you know it's an opportunity to get better uh moving forward here yeah but again that's what this uh kind of does as well as it provides us the framework to do that. Yeah. So uh, again, that this this tier two side, and we'll dive a little bit further into it here. Uh, really, the the the, the mid term look, getting onto the floor, uh, seeing uh, seeing the the actual roles that you're potentially getting into from a more fundamental perspective. Also, getting uh, hooked into some of the lower skills or like uh, more fundamental skill sets. Yep. Uh, getting a, a, that basic training going on those fronts as well. Uh, And then again, you get to the end of that. Does this fit?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's another Uh, stop point.
1: Yep. And and, uh, fortunately, by the time people make it through those first 90, they're like either really on or really off. Yeah. Uh, There's not a whole lot of in between there. Um, But that is uh, it's a great function of that tier two. Yep. And then uh, for tier three, this is when, uh, at least from an employee's perspective versus a mentee's perspective, there is a bit of a difference versus one and two, where it, it, those are kind, they're pretty similar. Yeah. With tier three, from an employee's perspective, this is going to be again that growth plan, that growth cycle. Course, yeah. It's just how do we continue to advance uh, your position within the company? How do you continue to improve your performance uh, in in both? or all of role, effectiveness, core value alignment, and then time allocation and usage. So this was uh, probably one of the more recent developments that we've had, at least in here, uh, in the fact that this is probably about six months old because we added the time allocation piece uh, in like, okay, you might be really effective at your role, but is it taking you forever or, uh, are you not as effective, but you're also not putting the amount of time into it that's necessary. So having that, uh, that, that gauge element, that time element is, was a, was a a big development that was within here. Um, especially as it relates to staff because you know, people are getting paid hourly. It's kind of an important element. Yeah. Well,
0: honestly, uh, I, both sides because if you end up having salaried employees it's the same thing mm-hmm. you know is um there was a there are actual studies that show especially like at the university level when you have uh professors that ultimately gain tenure is that performance drops <laughs> it's, know, not it's, no, it's not surprising i had that accounting professor <laughs> yes right right right, right. so <laughs> it's kind of the same thing is that you know i think there's this um there's kind of this this old you know 1980s men or 1970s mentality of like once you get salaried once you're a salaried employee it's yeah. kind of like oh I've finally made it mm-hmm. now I don't have to watch my hours as much and I think where um like your your salary employees work the best is when they're really really high performers mm-hmm. and your the expectation is. Solely dependent upon results yes, so where it's like like working on a project, Mm -hmm. you know Like if i'm churning out projects and I can do this faster and it's still high quality a project oriented salaried position makes sense because uh-huh. you're just efficient in hours. But when you kind of have an hourly role that you transition to salary, simply one, maybe is it convenient from a bookkeeping standpoint? Uh-huh. Um, two, is it in the employee's best interest? You know what I mean? If, if you say, oh, I'm going to, you know, you're going to become salary now and they just work the hell out of them, yeah, you know? So again, I, I think, um, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've kind of rubber banded that one a little bit where it's like, we've kind of stretched to the extreme on um, fluctuating work week and salary employees to then you know uh, kind of rubber banding back to now being uh, hourly and you know Mm -hmm. so um, but again and and not not to totally elaborate just on the time and allocation usage standpoint but again to look at role effectiveness core value alignment and time allocation and usage um, it is sort of independent of whether you are hourly or salaried or fluctuating work week um, because again it's at least a variable just to say how effective are you
1: right right or you're somebody like me Where it's like I have to be salary because I feel guilty if I ever go into (laughs) overtime. So please just pay me the same. I'm just going to bust as hard as I can. No, see, and I like for (laughs) me, I have such a
0: hard time with that because like I would actually prefer I have hourly employees who end up blowing into overtime. I honestly think that's a fundamental difference between Katie Annie and myself. Where for me, I want hourly people in overtime because for me, it's an it's a it's a pay period indicator of when it's time to hire more people or hire more administrators That's true you That's know true. so it's like if i have all of my technicians who are constantly blowing in overtime it's like guess what we probably need more of yeah um so yeah. for me it's i kind of like the dynamic of an hourly employee not because for some reason i'm scared of salaried but it's i want to make sure from a bookkeeping standpoint that I have people maintaining work-life balance right Um, right. now again yes technically with even with our salaried employees there is an expectation of our tracking Mm -hmm. so I think we can go back and say oh you know uh, now in our salaried employee positions um, we do have and this isn't necessarily on here um, but one of the things we have is our employee audits yeah so it's every quarter I should even take a step back there when you are provided with a job role We're gonna have the expectation or job description. Sorry role description uh, There's gonna be an expectation of how many hours per week We've allocated for that particular role and if that role is on salary We're then going to uphold our end of the bargain mm-hmm. by the time every quarter We're going to assess this and say are you blowing past hours every quarter? Because if you are that's where this time time allocation and usage comes into it yeah. as far as saying Okay, well as an employer do I need to start paying? you more because you're putting in more hours do I need to increase your salary Um, or is this an a role effectiveness problem where Mm -hmm. we need to look more at your skills rubric, assess how well you're actually performing those duties and kind of the relationship between number one and three there on the tier three portion is the role effectiveness of time allocation Right. how are those two things sort of playing off each other Yep. Um, because again if your time is down but your effectiveness is high versus your effectiveness is low and your time is high that's how we kind of play those two things and then small Mac in the middle of effectiveness and time is core values. Right. Yeah. Right. How are you doing from an alignment standpoint? Are you working really hard, getting all of your work done, but it's shit for culture. Right. Get out of my way. You know, um, or is it kind of the alternative where your time allocation is crap because, you know, you're looking and you're not very effective in your role because I don't want to say, Working on core values is bad, but some people's just interpretation, too much time. some people's interpretation of core values is we're really friendly and talk all the time. Right. You know, so that's, I think those three things working together when we start to look at our performance reviews, it's exactly that. It's, yeah. it's got to do your job well. We have to work well together. We got to do it in a timely manner. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just finding again, just melding people into sort of those three aspects twice a year. Right. Um, And then what we do is then after one of these reviews, we create a growth plan Mm and saying, okay, um, here's your skills rubric, here's your interest list. This is the things we can do to increase your proficiency in this particular skill, whether it's role or whether it's uh, cultural. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's set some goals and objectives. So in the next month, we're going to do blank. In the next three months, we're going to do blank. In the next six months, we're going to reevaluate this. And that's Mm -hmm. where then basically coming out of one of these reviews, whether it's verbal or written, the first step is to review view your growth plan. Right.
1: What where, was our expectation? Yep. Where are we at? Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Six months ago, here's where we were, how are we now? Mm-hmm. Um, and it provides a really, really useful tool on what, like you said, moving the Lego blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going up, what's going down.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's that's probably the biggest thing, at least for my exposure outside of uh paw, I was was missing most of the time. Sure. And that's why it always felt very unproductive. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. okay, we've acknowledged that you suck at this thing. <laughs> But I'm not at all telling you how to do it better, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so that 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 was typically one of the biggest things that was missing, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it is ultimately the, the, to me that's the entire purpose behind uh, yeah. a performance view process. Right? It's again, like it's you, not, yeah, it's not. It's not reprimand. You, we it's, we yeah. provide you the reality to own. Yes, you lean into it right. and you say, "Yep, I want I want to get better." Yeah, perfect. Here's how you do it. Right, done. Done. Yeah, no, yeah. Here's just, the just, solution. Just implement it. Just implement yep, it. Right.
0: Yep. Uh, and if you think there's a better way to implement it, we're all ears. Let's uh, have a conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. We're at least going
1: to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, uh, so that's the staff side. And similarly, but on a different time frame, significantly, is yeah. our mentees. So yeah, yeah. tier threes are going to be uh, what most refer to as clinicals. Yeah. So, externs, clinicals, yep. it's going to be very, very focused within role effectiveness and yeah. then time allocation. And then we uh, specifically at PAW put a lot of focus on the core value alignment also. Yeah. So how are you doing this well? How yeah. are you doing this effectively? But how does that fit into the big picture within yeah. your, the core value fulfillment that regardless if you actually come to work at PAW after your education yeah. or not, yeah. If you can do th- all of these things uh, efficiently, effectively, but also have the core value flavor with all of it, yeah. you're going to be way more productive than if you don't have the core value yeah. sugar with it. Yeah. yeah. So And uh, hopefully,
0: again, we have, when we're looking at the mentee category, we have people on tier one who were shadowed and a the summer rolls around on tier two. They're here for a whole summer. Yep. They're getting through the end of their educational curriculum, whether it be nursing or uh, as veterinarian. And now they have a more university-driven curriculum 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 where Mm -hmm. it's like you can spend three weeks at this practice and you can, you know, and then our expectation from a university standpoint is you're going to work on these particular role effectiveness things, Mm -hmm. these skill rubrics Mm -hmm. or rubrics. Um, That's then hopefully, like you said, as we get through the tier one, tier two, tier three, the core value alignment should be pretty clear. You know, because yeah. we've had them several different times yeah. uh, getting them through. But like you said, the time frame is much different because our growth plan for employees is like every six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with uh, uh, the, your, your tier three mentees, it's usually like a three to four week process right. f- dictated by the university.
1: Yes. And it r- our process runs side by side yeah. with the university one as well. Correct. So they're going to be provided a yeah. specific set of items that they, that they have to excel at. Yeah. That's what the time is for. Yeah. But also, they're going to get exposure to things that are outside of that. Yeah. So we're just going to give them our skills rubric too, yeah. and say, yes, this one, the one that you got from your university is extremely important and you need it. Yeah. But also, yeah, maybe we, we saw it. a deficiency in this other thing that's not included there at sure, all. Sure, absolutely. From a basic yep. skill set. Yep. And, and like, hey, maybe that's your next one. I yeah. don't know. But this is where we see it. This is how you get better at yep. it. So not just providing like a, a very minimal scope uh as per uh the the actual university but really giving the wide and then specifically within the university itself yeah Um, and then moving beyond that one because from the staff perspective now we're just now we're just continuing to grow within our critical uh role of the company learning um and our, our mentees are just accelerating towards graduation yep once we get to kind of like the period at the end of that sentence, then what? Right. So like I'm fulfilling my, my clinic role extremely well. Like there's not a whole lot of growth that can be done there or I've now graduated. Yeah. Now what? Well, well, yeah, typically, <laughs> it's you just keep going, right? Like for for clinic roles, a lot of times, uh, at least from uh, not necessarily with uh, within even just the veterinary world, but in general, it's like just keep doing it well, please. Yes, like yes. I like I like you being yes. a, uh, a a f- cog a cog of yes. the machine, yes. uh, but for us, it's like all right, here's now your opportunity to advance. Oh, right, not everyone takes this opportunity. Yeah, some people want to just be a part Part of it, yeah. uh, and, and and they gain fulfillment through it's, the yeah exceptional, purpose and fulfillment yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Uh, but some people really want to just expand the scope. Yeah, and
0: it, we kind of gave the what did we talk about last? I don't know. I talk about analogies all the time, but part of it was moving the wagons west. Yes, you know. So yeah. it's the, that was a while ago. That was a that while we talked ago. About that. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it's you know as we sort of move the wagons west, that's what tier one's two and three are. It's like, hey, you jumped on the wagon. Do you want to stay on it? Okay, you're on it. Here's how we hand it. Okay, mm-hmm. this is how well you've done in the last six months of us moving this wagon. And then now it's going to be a matter of do you want to stay right here and build a town or do you want to keep pushing the wagon west? Right. Because um, we need people doing both. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where when you look at tier four and we start to talk about professional advancement, there's two portions to that there's individual advancement and there's industrial advancement. Individual advancement is stay there, build your town. Industrial advancement is move west. Yes. Um, you know, and that's again, it it's to then say a lot of that is driven. And heavy on the interest list um you know when we start to talk about the uh four core development team those are individual advancement people where mm-hmm. it's like i want to stay here and really continue to just make this machine work so well right here and i'm gonna get a significant amount of fulfillment in that process because our purpose is virtuous you right. know, to to serve the patient um that's then when we start to look at the individual advancement That's where your skill, I'm sorry, your uh, interest list becomes so valuable Mm -hmm. um, in saying, okay, well, when you were hired tier zero coming into tier one and we started to say, hey, what do you want to do long term? This is what we're talking about is professional advancement, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and individual advancement is you can kind of focus on things to impact the lives locally of the entire care team and the community. You know, you have a, a veterinarian who wants to really focus heavy on ultrasound skills because ultrasound skills are not present anywhere in the area. Perfect that's actually community management, Mm -hmm. you know, where now you have the ability to help diagnose more patients because that service doesn't exist in our area, which is a little bit of an individual advancement, a little bit of an industrial advancement, but for the most part, um, we start to identify these things for which you have interest and that's what you are excited about and that's where you get fulfillment from. Um, The other side then saying industrial advancement is basically replicating the success of core values on a regional or national scale. Mm -hmm. So when we start to talk about a mentorship program, program and pulling mentees from the university, those mentees get to the end of the mentorship program. We say, okay, now looking at between the employees and the mentees, we would be really honored to have a mentee come work for us who that mentee would then start out as a tier one employee right you don't fast track anything you've gone through your mentorship but now that you're out of school it is a very very different perspective having graduated come on in as a tier one mentee we're going to move you through some of those things the cultural things will be very easy you know mm-hmm. coming through four tiers as a mentee the hopefully the cultural component is going to be really, really easy. Um, But our goal is to then, you know, for people who are focused on industrial advancement is this is the build the leaders category Mm -hmm. on saying, okay, you learned these things here, but let's be realistic. You were at undergraduate, probably away from home. You were in veterinary school, probably away from home. Your first job, you know, hopefully with us for the first one to three years away from home. Now that you have the skills necessary to keep the wagon moving west. Okay you want to take your own wagon home and that we can now start to build another sort of city in that area. Mm -hmm. That's industrial advancement. Mm -hmm. And also by the way, we're only going to be able to handle so many veterinarians and so many students out of our local regional PAW health office here. Mm -hmm. Hey, if we can get you set up in a region, you would, you also be interested in mentoring more students or mentoring more students um, who then would help us perpetuate the model of trust respect unity and accountability Mm -hmm. and then those people go on to either focusing individually to help build in the area or they move to the next one they move to the next one they move to the next one and then we continue to pull more students from university we get them early through the mentee we get them early through employment and then that's essentially how we start to spread and advance our industry on this directive on this purpose and essentially gain fulfillment right
1: also, we're very, very early in this process. <laughs> yes. So yes. like got three lined up, but yes. 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 And, and, but the, the, that's, this is the long game. Yes. This is it ultimately the long game. This is the long game. It yeah. uh, has
0: to happen quickly, but it's the long game.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the that's the whole idea behind onboarding performance mentorship, the industry overview. Like this whole thing is yeah. ultimately, and Boils that was down like, to that one point. Right, which is so crazy to me because we came up with this one point a couple months ago. Yeah. Like we knew it was yeah. there. Yeah, it was there. But that was the ultimate the like definition yeah. behind this whole thing yeah. where uh, we, like, oh, that's actually what we're yeah. striving towards.
0: Yeah. Ty- uh, this uh, tier four number two, it's yeah. vision. Yeah. So we had always had the vision to be the force of change within the veterinary industry. That was always our vision, but our purpose was serving the patient. So at the end of the day, it was like, how do we kind of start to move our purpose into our vision? Mm -hmm. So if we're trying to serve the patient, but we're trying to be the force of change in the veterinary profession, it's like, we need to train and teach more people. Yeah. So yeah, this entire uh, sort of education system is beset in number two on professional advancement is that... But um we have to try to get this out as much as we can. Mm -hmm. We have to try to get it as far as we can, as fast as we can and as effectively as possible. Um, Because we said there's three roads in this profession. There's dying with tradition, transferring to corporate medicine for where you will ultimately end up losing fulfillment and purpose in most Mm -hmm. circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then the third opportunity is then saying it's the paw way, you know, and saying, all right, well, we have this third road. And on this road, we have merged both purpose, a shared purpose and shared well-being. And on this road, what we're looking at is advancing individuals and we're advancing the industry. And this is how we do it. We do it through our education system. We do it through onboarding performance and mentorship. And we do it on supporting those veterinarians who have come after us.
1: Yes. Yes. All of that. <laughs> and it's so weird that that sentence has now found its period. Yes, it Because has. for so many years, it was like, I see it. Yes. I feel the Like you could feel the vision. Yes. And now it's like, oh no, that's it. Like this is actually like we don't really have to talk about it anymore. Like let's do this. We We talk about the mechanisms of how to do these extremely well. Yes, but let's just get out and go. Yes. Like no more, no more sitting on the seat. Let's get up and run. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 frightening because one of the things that we had talked about uh, very very early was. Um, that's uh, wh- when you start to get comfortable, yes, is when you want to stop, yes, and that that, that your know, tier four is essentially the, the, the constant getting back up, yes, because you're going to get to a point to establish certain process, whatever it might be. You, you are going to have to gain a level of comfortability, yeah, as to basically cement it into what it is, yeah, yeah, and then you're gonna hit another point. Kind of like we are right now with some uh, industry developments where it's like, well, we could just sit and just continue what we're doing right now, or we can push in into the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and start to really put a dent uh, in this industry advancement. and, And ultimately, when it comes down to that decision, like... You and I and our uh, the, most of our team—it's yep. like, yep, we're going we that way. Just keep pushing. We're just going to s- keep steering further and further out of this hurricane yeah. because, man, there's the big mess behind it. I know, and there I there is, and I know that we can fix it. Yep. We're going to start to rebuild, and yep. if you sit in the middle of it, there's no chance. Yeah,
0: it's it's the it's the curse of the problem solver. We, yeah, we just like. I just feel like leadership wise, we just can't stop. And it's, and part of it is it's completely beset in just trying to help people. Um, When I was down at Michigan state this last time, um, one of the uh, women who's in charge of the mentorship program, which um, we've actually helped establish and we're continuing to try to work with them to help give utility and purpose to the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. Uh, She didn't get it she was just like, but why are you doing this? Like, why, why are you coming here to help us? Why are, Mm -hmm. what are you getting from this? Mm -hmm. And it all comes back to purpose and fulfillment. Yeah. Like our, again, shared purpose is to serve the patient. But for us, we want to exclusively gain fulfillment from industrial advancement. We do that on the microtransactions. Yes. We do that on fixing the interpersonal issues, on helping employees maintain anonymity. We, you know, sort of help uh, sort of in streamline processes internally so we're not inefficient unnecessarily. We get rid of unnecessary conflict. We take opportunities of conflict for opportunities of growth and learning not as opportunities for reprimand and we've built an entire organization around our shared purpose to serve the patient and maintain well-being in the process mm-hmm. um, and that's you know to, to give that answer on saying why are you guys doing this education system why are you having mentorship is it's just that we just need to have a community built on this shared fulfillment where all we are is here to help each other mm-hmm. um, and really start to pull in this community we not necessarily that we're all going to financially benefit from one another Mm other, but enough that we are in this together to say that if we really want to start to push back um, corporation, if we really want to start to push back what's happening in the human industry and prevent it from happening in the veterinary industry, we have to take these processes. We have to take what Paw Health has put together as our education system, what we've put together as our core values. I mean, we haven't even begun to talk about processing and public relations yet, but just in Mm -hmm. these two pieces between our education system and our core values, we can fix the profession there, there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that this is scalable on every
1: level. That we can fix the profession. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Because <laughs> the f- and the reason that I say that is because I think it's scalable outside of the profession too. Absolutely. If you were to pick this up and just put it into a different industry yes. and you just alter your wording, the spe- specifically S- within the court, within your purpose, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. Serve whatever it might be, yes. but but that's really you just you just change the noun. Yeah. What, what are you serving? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big believer in servant leadership, and that's ultimately what that is. Uh, But you can pick almost all of this up and just kind of tweak some wording around. You build some different skills rubrics just helping people learn how to succeed in different roles, whatever it might be. But, like, all of this stuff is completely transferable to different industry, which to me is a great litmus test of, like, is it – at are we just looking at this with rose colored glasses yeah, or is it so. very effective? And in, uh, in, again, you know, we'll toot our own horn a little bit, yes. but I do believe that anybody could pick this up and say, yeah, I'm just going to do this specifically yes, wherever I'm at yes. and I'm going to get better because of it. Yes. yes, um, yep. it, Because, uh, and, and, and kind of circling back around to the veterinary side and what you were talking about is integrate integration of both of these things combats almost almost, all of our center problems. Yes, whether they're the big part or the subset within yes. that problem. Yes, between culture and education, almost all of them, except antiquated business practices, is probably like the one where it's like. Yeah. Then we start yeah. to dive into process, but still, like culture yeah. is an antiquated business practice. I could make that argument. Oh, absolutely. But all I of will these will make that th- argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it, 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 they they all get direct. There's a direct solution. Yeah. On an, on an individual basis for an industrial problem. Yes. It's here's the micro set of variables that you have control over yeah. to combat a massive industrial yes. issue. Yes. This is how you do it well. Yes. yes. Now, how do we get more people to do it well? Yes. That's the only question anymore. Yes. It's, it's, yes. it's It's not how, it's how many. Yes, it's how many.
0: And stand up together. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. I mean, our especially our patient advocacy process too. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a process process by which we stand up together, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, again, these are all things that we'll cover at a later time. Uh, You know, I think we've kind of gone on for a bit today, but, um, which I think is great. I think, you know, uh, but again, it's the same thing where it's these, these small interactions, but we do it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I think where we're starting to now see, especially with, you know, some of our associates is we're starting to get this push from a empowered millennial generation where it's like, listen, we need you to be an individual. We need you to be on board with this and let's just run like hell yes um and i think that's where we're starting to really pick up steam within mm-hmm. that population i'm just saying here it is guys this is the
1: solution let's do it well right in, in the the nice part about that too is it's not like here's the solution and here's how i expect you to just be a part of it yes it's like we understand how this is going to to like or understand what the purpose of this is right it's it's now how many but You as an individual, I'm not going to tell you who to be. Yes. It's going to be, how can you as who you are empower this. Yes. Like, here's your purpose. Yeah. I'm going to have mechanisms under you to continue to feed your well-being, yes. and I just want you to be you. I want yes. you to be fulfilled within this purpose, yep. not I need you to be something that you're not. Yes. Because that does not work.
0: No. Um, and the numbers show it doesn't work.
1: Not at all. Yeah. In, in, so um, I, I think that's kind of a great wrapping up point for this week we'll get into some of the the more like the the intricacies of of these four pieces but ultimately the idea behind all of them is now out um yeah it
0: was kind of a big overlook at what the education system is and we'll try to figure out in the weeks to come how we're going to chew this up um you know because again for uh uh, uh, listeners it may be a little bit more difficult than viewers viewers yeah. i think as we have pictures and stuff like that will be yep. easier but we'll we'll figure out a way to kind of kind of elaborate a little bit more upon the education system yep. uh, in future episodes um
1: so yeah we'll uh we'll we'll dive a little bit further in uh Dr. Carla it was hey, a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Now, now sure. we have to go uh, take a nap so that yes. we can work tonight. So <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Uh, thanks for tuning yeah. in, everybody. Uh, come, come on back next week. We'll learn a little bit more about our education system and how we can uh, continue to implement it effectively. All right. See you next time.